Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I'm going to read from verses 1 through to 15. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I'm going to read from verses 1 through to 15. As per usual, I'll be reading from the New King James Version to my online family. Nice to see you. Top of the morning to you all. I hope you are all well. If you do see me looking down on my phone, it's just to see how the online family are interacting as well. If you're there, please say aye. Well, just a few of us. I'll give you guys one more second, a minute. Are we there? Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And it goes as follows. It goes as follows. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under, this, under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Verse 9. What profit has the worker from what? Sorry, forgive me, I was multitasking. What profit has the worker from that in which he labors? I have seen the God-given task which the sons of men are to be occupied. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Someone say beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God has done, God does from the beginning to the end. I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives. Verse 13. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. This is a gift of God. Verse 14. I know that whatever God does, it shall be forever. Someone say forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken away. God does it that men should fear before him. Final verse, verse 15. That which he has already been, which has already been, and what has already, sorry, which, that which, that which is has already been, and what is that has already been, and God requires an account of what is past. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you this morning. I thank you this morning, O oh Lord, for the message I'm about to share, O oh God. I pray, Lord, that those online, those present and those to come will truly be blessed by your word. Father, I pray that we won't only be hearers of the word, but doers, O oh God. And I pray, O oh Lord, that we'll be transformed by your word, O oh God, because it's in your living word that we, that we activate what is happening in the spiritual to really, really begin to transcend within what's happening in our lives and time. I pray. Oh, Lord, that those that are here today will be able to not only receive, but activate as well as act upon everything that you've called them to do by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen, amen, and amen. Today I'm going to begin a two-part series of uh, a series that is um, titled The Eternity Series. The Eternity Series. And I'll tell you what part one means in a minute. And the scriptures that we just read from the book of Ecclesiastes was just a backdrop to the direction, the theme of what I would love to share with you guys today. Something that relates to us all and, so, and this message is equally as much for me as it is for you guys and those also tuning in online. 
And this part, part one of the Eternity series is entitled The Author of Time. The Author of Time. To everything there is a season, a time of every purpose under the heavens, a time to be born, a time to die, time, time. We come to church and we start at a specific time. Time is a, is a precious thing because people are living in order to see how they use their time. When people ask you, what did you do yesterday? They're relating to a particular moment in time. And time is, is, is precious in different ways. And we use time to discuss things to come, things present or things past. Yesterday was a wedding and usually in a year's time they will celebrate a year's anniversary. And we look at things from the jubilee or, or, how, or how we've maximized our time in our lives or a golden jubilee or a silver jubilee. How have you used your time? Has it been a decade? How old are you now? Children love to celebrate time. It's my birthday tomorrow. Time. But even within that being said, we in the world are always trying to find new ways of how to save time in the beginning of the pandemic they said it was maybe the the 5g that was probably causing let's not get into that right now but if you guys were in part of whatsapp groups <laughs> you probably understand what i was saying but 5g is there to help speed up the, the way we use the internet in order to save us what time and at times we've had people in our lives that have come to waste our time i know right that sent some of you guys to a particular mental place isn't it and even that is a hindrance, a problem, and something at times we are still like, why did you bring that up? Because I can now see the person's face in my head, and I need to get rid of that. Time. Time. Whether it be broadband or particular flights, and sometimes there's a direct flight, or sometimes there's a direct train, or there's a connecting flight or connecting train. And sometimes we take the connecting ones to save money, but we may ultimately lose time. Time. Time is connected to everything. And today I want to look at the author of time, but how we can use our time and how time affects us in different ways as it connects to eternity. You see, even God, the author of time, the word of God tells us how God, almost how God perceives time in relation to how we particularly see time. The book of Psalms chapter 90 verse 4 says, For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday, and when it is past, like the watch of the night. Or similarly, in 2 Peter verse 3, chapter 3 verse 8, it says, But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. You see, I love that because some of the things we're complaining about Maybe you need to see it from God's perspective. When you're like, God, you're taking long. Maybe you need to ask yourself, how long is it in God's time compared to yours? How long is it? Yeah, but God, man, I've been waiting for 15 days. 15 days. Then you might need to do some maths to find out that <laughs> if one day is like a thousand years, how long is that to the Lord? Is it still early? He's like, hey, you've got no patience. Relax. Take your time and understand what I'm about to do. I want to share with you a few areas of where I believe we need to be mindful of how we use our time, the importance of time, and the challenges that happen within time. My point number one is do not rush God and allow yourself to not, and don't allow yourself to be worried, but rather submit to his will. Do not rush God, but allow yourself, and don't allow yourself to be worried, but choose to submit 
to his will. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 17, it says, And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. He who does the will of God abides forever. To abide forever is connected to God's will. Therefore, to not abide forever is to disregard God's will. And at times, we live in this world where we're trying to find shortcuts of how we can do certain things. And that's why I believe the Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. Because I've always said that the enemy knows how to <laughs> the enemy knows how to show us sin without the price tag. Whether that temptation when it creeps in. My mind's telling me no. Don't worry, we can't sing the hair either. But what happens is that your flesh tries to pull you in particular directions until after the act, we now realize how much time we are in that place of repentance or that time we are in that place of worry, that time we are, that place of judgment, that time we are where we're trying to hide from God. Because that, that act has now caused us to lose not only time, but to lose who we are at that same time. 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 The will of God. But I also find it funny how the people of God wandered for 40 years. 40 years. A trip that should have taken them 11 days. 40 years. Like, do the maths. 40 years. Something that should have taken 11 days. Egypt to Canaan. Like, like, it, it says... On average, I think it was about six six hours something in today's time if you were to take train or some form of transport, rather. Something that maybe should have taken them 11 days, took them 40 years. In Numbers chapter 14, verse 34, you don't have to turn it, I'll read it to you. It says, according to the number of the days in which you spied out the land, 40 days for each day, you shall bear your guilt one year. Namely, 40 years, you shall know my rejection. As soon as I read that, I was like, ah! And it reminded me that Russian can lead to rebellion. Now, when you're Russian, maybe you're rebellious. Yeah, but God, is that person for me? Wait, and then we got to find out anyway. Oh, God, they're not for me. But, and this happened with them, and that happened with them, and that happened with them. But God, I can't hear from you. God, are you listening to me? God, God, hello, God, are you still there? God, do you hate me? Oh, God, you don't like me no more. God, you're not listening to me. Hello, God. Oh, maybe, maybe God doesn't want to see me, and then we don't see you in the church. Because your rebellion... And you're thinking you can't hear from God, but it's not that you can't hear from God, it's that the, the, the sin that's created the divide has now allowed you to position yourself far from God rather than humbly, coming before God humbly and saying, God, you know what? I've made a mistake and I don't want to get things right. But we are really, really good at times of learning to cover things up. And at times we ask, what's going on? No, I'm cool. How's life? No, I'm fine. What, what are you going through? No, I'm okay with that. And at times we go to the people that don't have our spiritual well-being at the forefront of their mind that might give us short-term solutions, but we still walk with the long-term problem of the sin that needs to be dealt with. We try to cure sin with our own actions. We try to cure sin by trying to outdo the good with the bad. And God's saying, just humbly come before me. Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. And we see these people that were rejected because of their rebellion. They were rejected also because of their disbelief. And I realized that that level of disbelief sometimes creates a problem that outlives us. We look at the Ishmael of this world, but oh, Abraham, you didn't believe. Oh, you know, just go into my, my maid, my servant, just go and do something there. You see that, but we're still living with that act because of the disbelief in God, that rebellion and not trusting in God 
and not unbelieving and we're still seeing ourselves walking in, in a wilderness because we chose not to wait on God. We chose to rush and worry rather than submit to his will. And that brings me to a set of people that we pray about to have the characteristic traits and the insight and the behavior traits and the way they thought and acted. And those are the sons of Issachar. And in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, it says, The sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Their chiefs were 200 and all their brethren were at, were at their command. I love this. Because we are living in a day and age now where one of the greatest jobs you can ever get, not only is technology, but how you could potentially help save time. Can you determine what's going to happen there? Yeah, if you can determine, yeah, we want to work with you. You can, you can find out whether we're in a new recession or a financial crash and how we can get over it. Yeah, we want you. Sons of Issachar. These people were able to discern the time. They were wise. They were able to discern the seasons. They were spiritually astute. There were also people that understood astrology. But also the sons of Issachar were able to understand the heart and the hand of God. They knew in a time and an era where people were like, oh, we can't really have female leadership. Oh, but Deborah, that's the one that God has assigned. Or King David, that's the one that God has assigned. And people at their command. And why am I saying this? I'm saying this because at times many of us believe that the bigger the crowd, the bigger the power we have. Not knowing that the one God that we have is bigger than all the nations if they are on our side. And if we can align with what God has for us, the minority, there are many people or many things that may be at your command. Not because of power, but because of the wisdom of God that you are walking in. The author of time. The author of time. How are you able to navigate time? How are you able to adopt these characteristic traits? And will you be willing to do the next part of what it means to be a child of God, which is to pray and persevere. Pray and persevere. Pray and persevere. Matthew chapter 8, verse 10 through to 13. And I'll read it. goes as follows. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. And he said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, that I have not found such faith, not even in Israel. And I say, verse 11, and I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into the outer darkness. They will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Verse 13. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way. As you have believed, so let it be done for you. And as his servant and his servant was healed that same hour. The reason I'm bringing up the Roman centurion is because if there's one thing I've seen, is that this Roman centurion didn't have the deep relationship that the disciples had. And at times, many of us will go to church week in, week out. Read the word, week in, week out. But do you believe what you are reading? Because that Roman centurion said, just say the word. He believed. And it says Jesus marveled. The only time I've read in scripture where it said Jesus marveled. You can imagine the biggest shade Jesus threw on his disciples. <laughs> Look at this one. You guys have been with me for three years, three years. All of you, look at your life. This one, this doesn't even walk with me. And he already believes. He marveled. Jesus said, go your way. Go your way. Jesus said, how come? He said, no, just say the word. Do you believe that when life seems that you're running out of time, are you, do you have enough belief 
to say, God, just say the word. God, just say the word. God, just say the word. I'm going to do it. And on your way, on your way, the situation will be changed in that hour. In that hour. But the funny thing is, the hour that I'm referring to might not be the hour you are referring to. Because God's hour and your hour might not be aligned. But if you believe in the God that can change everything, then you would always wait for that hour. You would always wait for that hour. Because I serve a God that his perfect timing is better than my perceived timing. Are you going to wait for that hour? Are you going to hold on to the author of time that knows the perfect time to change the situation in your life? But are you going to continue to say, God, just say the word? Or are you going to be a person that says, God, I'm still worried? Because the problem with worry, it doesn't increase your belief. Worry just increases your fears, your anxieties, and the potential negativities that may come out of the situation that you may be going through. Pray and persevere. But I want to encourage us, those in the faith, my brothers and sisters here, that one thing I've come to see and learn is that I've heard people say at times, that, rah, I thought dealing with the world was hard. But dealing with my brothers and sisters in the faith, whoo, that's a whole different kettle of fish. And I want to encourage us, do not grow weary. Don't grow weary. I'm fully aware. I'm fully aware that at times where you think dealing with your brothers and sisters in the faith is harder, maybe it's actually not harder. Maybe what has actually happened is that you dropped your guard, your defense guard, within the body of Christ, within the church, believing that you think their attitude and their actions will be different from people of the world. So because you dropped your guard, when they do something, it hurts more than when people of the world do it because your guard is still up. And because of that perception, it makes you feel a particular pain or births a new problem. And now we distance ourselves like, I don't even want to speak to that person. So you're more tolerant of what people outside the world do because we're expecting of that. But when people inside the church, they're all like, how do you call yourself a believing faith and do that? But we must remember that God is still working in them the same way he's working in us. Do not grow weary. Galatians 6, 9, verse, uh, Galatians 6, ch- chapter 6, verse 9 through to 10 goes as follows. Let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due... See, season is another definition of time. You shall reap if you don't lose heart. In due season. You know, one of the things with time and with the author of time and, in, and the way God uses time, it says in due season, but it doesn't tell us which season. And the problem with due season, when you don't know which season, it can build frustration. If you've ever had kids at the back of a car, when they can't see the second half, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Mommy, daddy, are we there yet? Oh, I'm hot. Oh, it's windy. Are we there? Keep quiet. We're nearly there. What's wrong with you, man? And we do the same thing with God. And God sees the destination. God knows exactly how long it's going to take. But God is saying, sit still and keep that seatbelt on. And watch your TV and don't be disturbing me. (laughs) Because these are the things that try to disrupt us. It says in due season, you would reap if you don't lose heart. You would reap if you don't lose heart. Verse 10. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to who? I love that word. I love that word. Let us do good to all. Why do I love that word? Because usually people's New Year's resolutions, it's all about doing good to those that have gone, done good to them and those that have done bad, cut off. Cut, what are you cutting people off for? Pray for them. I don't even want to think of them. They're bad vibes. What energy are you following? The energy I follow is the energy of Christ, not crystals. We need to be able to change our mindset towards these things. Because until we deal with these things, we may be limiting the people that God told us to love 
Maybe that's where our blessing is coming from. But you see it as bad. But God wants to prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. But you're sitting on the table with the minimis. Look at you. Change your position. Change your posture. Because God wants to bring and birth something present and powerful in your life. But you don't want that because the table that you think you're at, you think it's good, but it's passive. And nothing great grows there. And one thing we see in that, in the latter part of that, says, let us do good to all, especially those who are the household of what? Faith. Especially those. Yeah, but God, they're difficult to deal with. Especially those. Yeah, but God, they backstab me. Especially those. But God, they gossip behind my back and they're not going to gossip. Especially those. Those. Maybe God is using those people in particular. Maybe God is using those people in particular to help you grow. Because he knows that there's a quote I like from a well-known rapper that even though he's not a believer of the faith, it says that nobody wins when the family feuds. And when I, I, I love that. The one I heard, I'm like, wow. But the church is a family, the body of Christ. And they're feuding. They're feuding on denominations, on particular doctrines. They're feuding on actions that's happened rather than coming together and saying, that, no, 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 you're not going to try and divide us. You're not going to try and divide us. Because the house divided cannot stand. But when we stand together, when we understand that, you know what? In due season, you know that due season? It's that, that sibling that you're still praying for. And I told you, this, this scripture, this sermon is for me as much as it is for every single one. That, that, that's, that sibling that is still getting on your nerves that you won't even be friends if you're unrelated. But you're like, God, you know, I'm still praying for that person. I still have to love that person. I still need to extend that olive branch to that person. Why? Because God did that for us. And you know one of the worst things to have is to be in heaven and to look around and not see that person there. To know that all the flaws they had in their renewed body in Christ, they don't have no more. Do you have that perception of them? Or do you only have the worldly perception of them? Remember, the series is the eternity series. What eternity looks like. And when examining the author of time. Because if we don't have the right perception of time and the right things of time, we may be missing out the things that we want to enjoy in future time. Don't grow weary in doing good. Everything hinges on those in the faith. Those in the faith. Yeah, but our brothers and sisters not in the faith. Should I have neglect them? No. Because we want to bring them into the fold of the faith. And my next point is don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Yeah, I saw on my phone flashed. Oh, there's going to be a drought. Oh, I was like, oh, listen, there's no drought in my life in Jesus' name, bro. Yeah. I'll think about it, but I'm not going to worry about it. There's a difference. You can think about it, but don't worry about it. To worry about it is to give it more power than it already has. So I didn't say ignore it. I didn't say become negligent. I said don't worry about it. Don't let it become your God. Don't let it become your sustenance. Don't let it become the thing that leads you. Don't let it become the thing that you say, yes sir, no sir to. No. No. Don't worry about tomorrow. Matthew chapter 6 verse 31 through to 34. Therefore do not worry saying you sh- um, what you shall eat or what you shall drink or what you shall wear. For after all these things the Gentiles seek, your heavenly father knows. He knows. Yeah, but God, I'm still not married yet. He knows. Yeah, but God, my body clock is ticking. He knows. Yeah, but God, I'm meant to be a man. And listen, I'm going from job to job. And I, I, I went to go, I was working in Tesco's and I graduated and people are looking at me. He knows. He knows. He knows. He knows. That you need of all these things. Verse 33. 
and we always start here. 633 but seek first the kingdom of god and its righteousness where everything else will be added onto you but do you go back that your heavenly father knows do you remember that he knows therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things other versions say tomorrow has enough worry in itself why are you adding more problems on tomorrow when it already has enough problems of itself live for today enjoy today stay present because that is your present the time that God has given every single one of us. And if there's one thing about anxiety, as I said, as one thing I've written down here is that anxiety, when anxiety rises, it threatens your time. When anxiety rises, it threatens your time. When anxiety rises, rises, it also robs your time. Anxiety robs your time, but gratitude grows it. Stay present. Anxiety robs your time, but gratitude grows it. Do you know why gratitude grows your time? Because when you think of one amazing thing that God has done in your life, you can think of that thing for ages. I'll give you an example. Anyone that knows me, you know I'm a bit of a hoarder. I've got one of my Levi jackets from the age of 16. I'll wear I might wear it on one of my Sundays. Like, yeah, I tell you, I, I could wear it. I just love it. People are like, do you want to throw it? I'm like, listen, it's still denim. It's not faded. It's cool. But one of the things I love hoarding, God forbid, I always say, if, if I was to lose everything, if I was to lose everything, God, my pictures, please keep my pictures. My pictures. I don't know about you guys, when the iPhone is telling you you run out of memory, yeah, 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 I, I suffer with that. I'm willing to pay my monthly fee to Apple to sustain, because I, I, pictures, memories, video, oh, man. But I saw, I've also got historical pictures. I've got them in my, my Adidas and Nike shoebox, and I keep them there, because my mum, they'll be in the kitchen, I'll find pounded yam on top of the edges. I'm like, mum, what's the, she'll hold it while she's cooking, just reminiscing, but why do I bring up? Because pictures... If someone wants to bring one picture, they can sit there for hours telling you about that picture. See, when you're thinking of gratitude, you think of a moment of what God has done in your life and you just focus on that thing. You could spend hours on it. That's why I believe the Bible says meditate on heavenly things because you can't exhaust it. The offer of time. The offer of time. The next point I wanted to bring up is endurance and delayed gratification. Endurance and delayed gratification. I believe God wants us to learn endurance and delayed gratification. But he who endures to the end shall be saved, as Matthew chapter 24, verse 13 says. But also Romans 8, verse 18 through to 19 goes as follows. For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectations of the creation eagerly await the revealing of the sons of God. I consider the present of this present suffering yeah, but God, I'm going through this, I'm going through that. I always say, have you ever wondered if one day is like a thousand, like one day is like a thousand years to God, have you ever wondered where God's like, the, the problem you're thinking compared to the eternity I'm building, it's not even, it doesn't even compare. And Paul had the right perspective. Paul had the right perspective. He understood, he's like, oh God, I can see it now. I can see it now. Peter says, crucify me upside down. You can see it now. You're going to kill me? <laughs> I can see it now. I see the glory to come. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you, a place of many mansions. Me and my brother Chim and a few others went down a particular road during the week. Some big warehouses. I'm like, am I in LA? I'm like, Rah. you know when you're walking down the road, you change your accent. Oh, hi, good morning, good afternoon. <laughs> Just so that people are like, what's this person doing there? I said, Rah. But I told myself, I want one of these. But the reason I want one of these is not necessarily just to have a big house. But so everyone could come and join me in it. 
gonna have the best party, the best life, swap rooms, knock down ginger in your own house. That's a vibe. It's a big vibe. But also, I said a prayer inside my mind. Chippy doesn't even know this. I said, God, do not give me this house here on earth if it means I lose the one in heaven. It's not worth it. Well, I'm going to be here for 80 years. Forget that. Forget that. Also, God took me another stage deep as I was walking down the roads. God began to show me that some of these people in these houses are unhappy. They're unhappy. Big rooms, but empty homes. Empty homes because of empty hearts. Empty hearts because there's no loved ones with them. And at times, money can ruin you because you use it to fill a void that only God can fill. And as I began to see it, I was like, wow, this is, this is real. And I'm like, God, and that's why it's important to have the right perspective. And that's why it's important to go as, I, as when I'm talking about delayed gratification, like trust God, wait on God, know who God is. But also my next point is know and know when to redeem the time. A redeem the time. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Days are not evil. My days are positive. Keep your positive affirmations. The word of God tells me the days are evil. No, my days are positive. Yeah, like the world has become progressive. Good luck to you. Because <laughs> the more I look at the world, the more I see that what it tells me in the book of Isaiah. It says, woe unto you that call what is good, good what it call evil good and, e- and good evil. Woe unto you. But it tells you, redeem the time. Redeem the time. Don't waste your time. And what God has called you to at work, don't waste your time. When it comes to forgiveness, don't waste your time. When it comes to um, ministering to someone, don't waste your time. When it comes to outreach, don't waste your time. When it comes to being in the house of God, if you can be in the house of God, don't waste your time. Because there's only so much you can iron sharpen Zion from your bedroom or from your living room. Because the ecclesia is meant to be together. The ecclesia is meant to be together. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. My next point is do it now. Do it when? Now. Do it now. Do it now. I, I said I was going to say a particular Nigerian proverb my mom says. But I said Pastor Grace and my fellow Yoruba-speaking um, viewers might mock me for my accent. But I'll try it. I'll try it. You guys going to bear with me? You're not going to laugh, are you? <laughs> You know what? I'm so nervous. I've actually forgotten. I'm going to come back to it. Oh, I've actually forgotten. All right. And PG will understand that. My mom says, time is going. It doesn't shout. My mom says it to me all the time. Emmanuel, time is going. It doesn't shout. It doesn't make noise. Hey, wake up. Hey. Time is going, it doesn't shout. And the thing is, if we don't redeem the time, it's going, but it's not shouting. It doesn't shout. It doesn't shout. Do it now. Romans chapter 13, verse 11, it says, And do this, knowing the time that now, now it is the high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation is nearer, that when we are first believed, do it now, now. Now, Paul's telling us to do it when? Now. And another point I want us to understand is age and time. Psalms 90 verse 10 through to 12, it says, The days of our lives are 70 years. And if by reason of strength, they are 80 years. 
but yet they boast only labor. They only they boast only labor and sorrow. But as soon it will cut off and will fly away. So let me quickly ask you a question: How many years did I add up there roughly? Or are you guys following? Right, about eighty years. Eighty years, right? Give or take, right? Verse eleven. For who knows the power of your anger? As the fear of you, so is your wrath. Verse 12. So teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. 80 years. I was like, this is interesting. I said, let me go and study to see the average age of people in the UK that die. Around about 82 to 83. I said, let me go and see the average age of people across the world. Do you know number one with the longest living age so far? Hong Kong. I was like, I was curious. I said, where's my nation of Nigeria? Where's my nation of Nigeria? Because my granddad is 105. So where's my nation of Nigeria? 190. Average age, 51. Between 51 to 55. I was like, huh? I said, this day is flawed. But you know what? That's a story for another time. (laughs) But why am I bringing that up to you? Because it still aligns with what we're seeing in Scripture. You're 80 years with no fear of the Lord. You're wasting your life. Still around 80 years. 80, 85 years, you're wasting your life. Do it now. Whatever you need to do, do it now. Do it now. So you can learn to number your days, time. That you may gain a heart of wisdom. And as I close on a few points, there's a particular a part of a poem that I love and when I read it by, by Dr. Joseph Addison Alexander, it goes as follows. There is a time, and we know not when. A point, and we know not where. That marks the destiny of men to glory or despair. There is a time, we know not when. A point, we know not where. That marks the destiny of men to glory or despair. Time. Time. How are you using your time? How are you using your time? And as I was going through this, it reminded me of two things that I would like to share. And those two things is one that I still wrestle with when I think of it. And there's a story of a young kid that I used to coach in South East London who I'll leave unnamed for now. Actually, yeah, it was all over the news. It was in Camberwell. And I'll never forget, I was in my office. But before that, I, I remember driving. I was driving New Cross. And yeah, I've, I have a bad habit, or I had, past tense, a bad habit of speed. That speed, I change gears, yeah, and stuff like that. I remember just driving, one guy sped past me, what? And yeah, my ego came up a little bit, but I had to kill the ego, kill it before. Because someone tried to overtake me, 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 Emmanuel Dari Anthony, nah, nah, nah. Double clutch, step down, sped up, see who it was. You know that Peckham boy face when you look and he looks? I'm like, who's this guy in this car that's trying to drive like that against me? But obviously, I killed the pride, because pride comes before the fall, right? So I'm not falling off nowhere. I was like, yo, yo, bro, how you doing? He says, coach, coach a long time. I said, oh, you're out of prison. Bruv, you need to catch up. He said, yeah, coach, call me, man. I sent you a number, my number in DM, call me. I said, yeah, I'm going to call you, bro. I'm going to call you. Yeah, I'm definitely going to call you. Then he drove off and he sped off. And I was like, nah, man, trust me, I'm keeping my license. My license is clean. No free points, nothing. And as he drove off, I was like, look at this guy. Still the same, out of prison. But he's trying to do better. He smiled, trying to do music and everything. And I'll never forget when I was in my office one time. When I was in my office, I got a phone call from one of my other mentees called Paul. And Paul says, 
Coach, did you hear what happened to so-and-so? <laughs> Didn't put the second part of the message in yet. But, but my heart confirmed what he was about to say. He said he's been killed. Huh? I read it. He said he's been killed. And I'll never forget that day I picked up my phone. I was in my office. I was crying, man. I picked up my phone and I did something that was unusual. Wanna know what I did? I called his phone. And it just rang out. And I was like, God, I just I just need a bit more time. I just need to tell him about that he's loved, he needs to know Jesus, he needs to leave the gang life, he just needs a bit more time, God. And I just sat there crying and it just rang out. And I told one of my other fellow friends, who's a coach, I said, let's go to what's happening. And I went to the scene of the crime in Canberra. There's a white tent around it. I was there standing. It was about probably where the back of the room is. And I was standing here because I wasn't allowed to get any closer. It was nighttime now. And you can see the white tent. You can see the silhouette of his body on the floor. And I was there with my hands in my pocket. I was just staring. And me and my boy were just talking like, this needs to stop, man. This needs to stop. Just need more time, man. Need more time. I've worked with this guy for so many years. And sometimes on road, we use the time like, he's got a good heart. He's slid down the wrong way. He's got a good heart. I can see the silhouette on his body and part of me was like, I'm a believer, I can go pray and revive him, you know? I've got any more time, but you can't go. It's gone. It's gone. And I remember that because it always reminds me that <laughs> even when you believe that, God, I'll give my life at 12 o'clock, <laughs> maybe your time is 11.59. Don't waste the offer of time. Don't waste the offer of time's time. And four things that came to my mind for those that are taking notes, that I said you should hold on to as I was reflecting on God. For part one on the Eternity series, what do you want me to share with your people to summarize this? And I felt four things that I learned from the scriptures that I shared with you. And that was fear, wisdom, love, and gratitude. Fear, wisdom, love, and gratitude. Fear to have the fear of God in your heart. As Proverbs 9 verse 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Wisdom in understanding, to have understanding and direction. God, give me the wisdom to know how to use time. Give me the wisdom. Give me the wisdom of that. Love, because love is what fulfills the law. And sometimes we're using hatred to fulfill the law. Sometimes we're using distance to like, well, I don't need to speak to them. Only love, only love. Because if there's one thing I've come to learn is that what counts in your life is what you do for God. Everything else is noble, but nothing great. Oh, but I help people. No, 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 no. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Who I am well pleased. So ask yourself, what you're doing in your life, is it noble or is it well pleasing to God? Because love what counts. And the last one, gratitude. And 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says, in everything give thanks for that, for this is the will of God in, in Christ Jesus for you. In everything give thanks. Fear of God. Wisdom of direction. Love that conquers all and fulfills the law. And gratitude to have the right perspective of everything. Because when you could do that, you would honor the offer of time. You'll understand the offer of time. You'll appreciate how to use this time. And you'll understand that time is a profound gift and a present in order for us to stay present. Don't worry about tomorrow. 
Stay present. And use this present time to do the things that God wants you to do in the time that you have in the world that we live in for eternity is at hand.